Let me invite you this morning to follow along with the sermon notes. You can follow that, as well as later on answer the questions, discuss them uh, later on today or this week, but most importantly, live the message that you hear. So we're going to begin with this. A life is full of challenges. Anybody agree with that? Life is full of challenges. Raise your hand. Anybody? Lots of challenges, right? Some of them are rather routine, everyday headaches, irritations, annoyances. For example, you're on your way to work. The car breaks down. It's not the end of the world, but it is certainly annoying. You have to call maybe the tow truck. Might have to pay a bill that's going to be annoying to you. Those things happen. Or maybe... Maybe you're on an important date if you're a young person, someone of the opposite sex, and, and everything's going well. Or maybe, maybe it's, um, maybe it's for work. Uh, maybe you're an adult and it's your boss. Or maybe it's a client. And everything goes well. Then you go to the bathroom uh, toward the end of the meal and you look in the mirror and there are your teeth. What is it? That piece of spinach. It's been there the whole time time, right? Annoying, irritating, not the end of the world, these things happen. Or maybe a little more serious. It's your daughter's wedding, big day, really big day. You want everything to go perfectly, just right. Outdoor wedding, beautiful setting, but then the heavens open and the rain comes down and everybody gets wet. Irritating, annoying, but they still get married. That's why you were there after all, and hopefully they go and live happily ever after. So we have these everyday headaches, irritations, annoyances, but then there's the other. Heart-wrenching, gut-wrenching, life-altering moment. A loved one unexpectedly dies. Maybe it's a car crash in the middle of the night. As a, as a, as a parent, you dread that phone call your child killed in a car accident. Or maybe you're at the doctor's office and you get some terrible news. Prognosis is not good. You only have a few months to live. Or a relationship breaks up. Or you lose your job. There's a difference, isn't there, between the everyday challenges and then those heart-wrenching tragedies. So often when we hear the latter, when it happens to us, we fall back on these words, and they are great words from our text today, from Romans chapter 8. And we know that in all things, all things, God works for the good. To those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. It doesn't say in some things, it doesn't say some bad things aren't for our good. It says all things work for the good. Not of everyone, but of those who love him. So does that mean we have this security blanket that just God throws over us and no bad thing ever, ever happens to his children? Anybody want to buy that one? No, you know better because your experience tells you otherwise. We know all kinds of good people that bad things have happened to. Some of you have experienced devastating tragedy. So it can't be that. Well, does it mean that 
Sometimes God sends difficult circumstances for us to learn, for our good, for us to suffer and then persevere and to build up our character. Is that the whole reason? I'm going to give you a couple of scenarios. You might uh, remember a TV show. It was set in Chicago. It was called Early Edition. Does anybody remember that one? Early Edition had Gary Hobson as the... Well, he was the character in the show, and it went something like this. Every morning, Gary would go out, and, well, you knew something was wrong because his cat would bring him the newspaper. Does anybody have a cat that brings him a newspaper? No? no. So yeah, something rather mysterious is going on. Sometimes it comes every day, but also it's not this morning's paper, but it's tomorrow morning's paper. And so the whole story is that Gary has a full 24 hours to change history, to avert a tragedy. Now, in one particular episode, the headline screams 150 die in airport explosion. He knows he's got 24 hours to prevent this disaster. Now, he reads the rest of the paper as well, and there's there's a little story about this girl, little girl. She got hit. She was riding her bike. She got hit by a car. And it would not have, well, it was a serious injury, but she would have lived, but there was no one to get her to the hospital in time. Now, if you're Gary, what are you going to do? You get the paper. You've got 24 hours. You rush to the airport, right? You want to prevent this tragedy where this plane explodes and 150 people are going to die. And so he does. But what is Chicago traffic like, anybody? Terrible, especially in the morning, especially during rush hour. And he finds himself in this tangled mess of cars. He cannot get through. And he's fretting, what am I going to do? I'm the only one who knows how to prevent the tragedy. But then, over on a side street, he notices that there is this little girl. And she's riding her bike. And he thinks this might be the one. So he veers off follows the girl, and he sees her get hit by another car. Terrible accident, but she's there, and of course, he, he scoops her up, puts her in the back seat of his car, races to the hospital, and of course, in time, she's saved. It's a miracle. It's wonderful, but yet there he is in the emergency room thinking about all those people who are about to die at the airport because he cannot get there. And then all of a sudden, This mom and dad, these parents of the little girl come rushing into the emergency room. And lo and behold, the father is wearing a pilot's uniform. The very pilot who's supposed to be on the plane that is going to crash and cause the explosion and kill everyone on board. But it doesn't happen because he's there. Wouldn't it be great if God worked like that? I mean, wouldn't it? And sometimes he does. Sometimes he does. He orchestrates the events in our world to prevent tragedy. But what about the other airplanes that crash, as we know they do? What about the other little girls who die in the car accident? What about the diseases that claim human lives? So again, we go back 
to this verse. In all things, is it all things that God works for the good? Can we truly believe what Paul writes? Is it just meant to teach us a lesson? Is it meant, as we read here in in chapter 5, are we to suffer? Can we rejoice when bad things happen? Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, a good thing, and perseverance, character. We all want to be people of greater moral character and fiber and character hope. And hope does not disappoint, Paul writes. Because God has poured out his love into our heart. So is that the plan that God's going to use all these terrible things? Would God allow that little child to die? To teach the parents a lesson. Is that the kind of God that we have? There are those Christians, certainly, who believe that everything, everything in life is from God. You've heard it said, everything happens for a what? For a reason. Is that true? Everything happens for a reason. Even the death of that little child. Even the breakup of your marriage. Even the loss of your job. Well, let's take a look here. Let's back up just a little bit and go to this. We live in a world of natural law. Would you agree with that? Do you understand gravity? You know how gravity works? Keeps us here on the floor in your seats. If there were no gravity, you'd all be floating up by the ceiling. Kind of fun for a while. Uh, Only for a little while, I think. Right? So there is the gravity. But there is the other side of gravity as well. What happens if you're on the top of a tall building? Does gravity work there just like it does with you in your seats? Of course. So what happens if you step off the tall building. You fall to the ground, don't you? And there you learn a lesson that gravity works everywhere. It's a very painful lesson, probably a tragic lesson. And yet all of these laws, we have gravity, we have centrifugal force, and every day, by the way, did, did the sun come up this morning, anybody? Did it? Yeah, did it yesterday? It did, didn't it? How about the week before? Yep. The month before? Yep. The year before? Yep. What about tomorrow? Is it going to come up tomorrow? Yep, I think it will. It's like clockwork, isn't it? Natural law. God has put all these things into place so that there is order in our universe. But sometimes bad things happen, not necessarily because God caused it, but because we live in a world of law. So someone's driving. They are behind the wheel of their car. The speed limit says 30, and they're going 70. And there's a curve. What's going to happen if you're supposed to be going 30 miles around a curve and you're going 70? The natural law says that car is going to continue going straight. It isn't going to make that curve until it hits an immovable object like a tree or a telephone pole. And bad things can happen. Did God cause that? No. It's the natural law and it's the decisions of the driver. Sometimes bad things happen because we live in a fallen world. Sometimes bad things happen because we cause them. Sometimes bad things happen because there are sinful people in the world. 
there's a scenario here in, in the Gospel of Luke. It says there were some present who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. Evidently, Pilate had killed a bunch of people. Jesus says, do you think these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? What does he say? I tell you, everybody, what? No, no, that's not, no, that's not it. They weren't worse. They didn't deserve to be punished there. God reserves punishment for those who do not follow him at the end of time. They died because Pilate's a bad guy. He's evil. And he killed them. Or this, these 18. They died when the tower in Siloam fell on them. You think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? What do you think? No. It says, I tell you, no. The natural laws of gravity. Something was wrong with the tower. I don't know. Maybe they didn't have it built up to code. Maybe it was weathered. Maybe it was old. And it falls over. It's called gravity. And 18 people were there in the wrong place at the wrong time. It isn't punishment. It isn't God trying to teach us a lesson necessarily. But it's the way that things work. And sometimes we're responsible. Sometimes we're not. There are those things we cannot even explain, aren't there? We know more now than we did 50 years ago and 100 years ago and 1,000 years ago. And we can explain much more. And in 50 years and in 100 years and 1,000 years, Maybe we'll know more yet. So what do you do? There was a pastor. His name was Richard Stetler. In his congregation, there was a nine-year-old boy named Billy. Billy had leukemia, and Billy died. The pastor has to go to the house now to help the parents make arrangements for the funeral. You can imagine thoughts going through his head, what's going through your mind? If you're the one who has to make the arrangement, what are you going to say to these parents whose child is dead? All the hopes and dreams they had for his life, all dash, not going to happen. Why did God allow this? Why didn't God prevent it? Why wasn't it like the early edition? <laughs> Surely God could have done something. Even as parents, you're thinking in your own mind, what could I have done? Surely I could have done more for my child. So what do you say? You knock on the door, the, the door is opened by the father, the pastor says probably what you and I would say. I'm so terribly sorry. I'm just so terribly, terribly sorry for your loss. What else are you going to say? Father, he says, Pastor, don't be sorry. Don't be sorry. We're sad. We're grieving. We miss him. But we're not sorry because we're so grateful for what God has done to give us our son, Billy, for these nine years that we could love and cherish. We've got all these wonderful memories. And not only that, don't be sorry because we know that Billy is now in heaven because God gave him the gift 
faith. And by God's grace, he is now with the Lord and he will be there forever. And one day when it's our time, we will be there with him and we will be able to love him forever. Faith often determines how we deal with tragic and difficult events. We have all these words in Scripture that continue to encourage us. If God is for us, who can be against us? If the God of the universe, the one who said, let there be light and created everything, if that God is for us, there's no power that we cannot conquer. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ, the love of the one who came down from heaven to earth to die on a cross? Though he was perfectly innocent. If we have that kind of love on our side, is there any force? Is there any evil that we cannot overcome? Or this, I'm convinced that neither death nor anything in this life, not spiritual beings, not angels, not demons, not what's happening now, not what's going to happen in the future, no power whatsoever, Neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. When we love and trust in a God, when we believe that our God is good, that he has a plan for this life and an even better plan for the next one, that is what makes our life successful. That is how we can overcome a tragedy. That is how we can live tomorrow even when there is a hole in our heart and a loss in our life. You see, ultimately, this good, and we know that in all things God works for the good, the ultimate good is for us to be conformed to the likeness of Christ to be just like him in our relationship with the Heavenly Father, to be one with him. So can God use suffering in this life to make us more like Christ? Of course he can. Suffering can produce perseverance, which will produce character and then hope. So we see intimately the love of God. But it doesn't fully happen until we get to heaven. That's God's plan. And that's the ultimate good. For God to take all that is sinful and evil in this world and destroy it and create it all anew once again perfect, without sin, holy in heaven. Know that you have a God who loves you. Know that you have a Savior in Jesus Christ who has endured every single thing you could ever imagine, everything that you have ever experienced, and he has overcome it. He promises that he will be with you 
no matter what happens in this life. And that there is nothing, not your sin, not evil, not the devil, and certainly no tragedy that can ever separate you from his love. And one day he will take you, just like little Billy, to be there in heaven with him forever. And that is the ultimate good. And you can count on Jesus to make it happen. Amen? It's all